Welcome to Opening the Door podcast. Join me as we unlock the door to our psychic and mediumship abilities. Today you'll hear from Jordan who came on to tell us all about crystals. This has been a highly requested episode topic, so I hope you enjoy. I love the approach that Jordan takes to working with crystals. We get into the magical side of crystals and their energy, but also the more practical scientific stuff too, and how it all just blends seamlessly together. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Also, if you're listening to this in real time, today is December 7th. I would love for you to send me your intuitive development resolutions slash goals for 2023. I'm putting together an episode where I'll share all of your goals and maybe some tips to help you get there. So if you'd like to share with me your intuitive development goals for 2023, you can email openingthedoorpodcast at gmail.com. Today, we're welcoming Jordan Huber to the podcast. Jordan is the owner of Intuitive Elements, an online boutique that offers a variety of crystals from polished statement pieces to unique specimens. A former teacher, Jordan strives to help others embrace their intuition and bring magic into their daily lives through the use of tools like crystals, plants, astrology, and tarot. Jordan, welcome to Opening the Door. Hello, how's it going? Good. We're so excited to have you here and learn all about crystals. I have a lot of crystals in my own life now, but I'm really, you know, sort of interested to learn more about the mechanics and really getting into working with them and using them to the best of my and their ability. So excited to learn all about that today. Yes, for sure. Let's just start with, can you tell me a little bit about your own intuitive journey? How did you get started on this path with crystals and tarot and and other intuitive work? Yes, definitely. So I think it all stems, you know, from starting that inner child work and kind of doing some reflection on my own self. I feel that throughout a lot of my life, I was focused on pleasing other people or like creating this like perception of who I was rather than getting to know myself. So it wasn't until I lost one of my teaching jobs when COVID hit that I really felt this need to connect with myself and find value in who I was rather than being a teacher, you know, or like these other roles that I was playing in people's lives. So I had already had some rocks that I had purchased and I had just got them for like looks really. But finding their actual like metaphysical properties were the things that I was like currently struggling with and facing. It was really interesting to like see that all come together. Like I had like chosen stones that were like literally the focuses that I was working on. And that was probably like a year before I had actually like gotten into it, you know. Mm -hmm. So I really found astrology and tarot to be like helpful tools of reflection to kind of like figure out like do I identify with this as an aspect of my personality or is this something that I want to work on in the future? So that really just kind of caused in me like a passion for like spiritual, spiritual things for crystals, for tarot, astrology. And I was teaching and it was beautiful to be a teacher, but I just found it so draining on my energy. And I realized, wow, I really want to be able to put my energy into myself and my passions because I don't really have a lot of that left at the end of the day when I need to like come home and there's so many responsibilities as a teacher props to all the teachers out there you know it's just like wow I was like okay I think I'm going to start putting that energy towards myself and things that I'm passionate about 
And so I ended up at a gem show, bought a few rocks. And then later when I ended teaching, I was like, I'm going to try to sell these. And so that started my business. And since then, I've started hosting moon circles, doing private readings for birth charts and astrology, tarot. Just I really find it helping other people on their journey and giving them tools to be so rewarding. So that's how we kind of ended up where we're at today. I love it. So cool. I love how you really just completely stepped into your passions and what you were really interested in and just dove right in. I just, I really appreciate that about your journey. I think that's super cool. I think it can be hard for people when they're, they feel this like want to do something and it feels unattainable. But once you start taking the small steps to like, actually you determine where you're putting your energy each day. And when you take the steps to like, okay, actually block out time to, you know, do crystal and tarot work or like reflect on yourself, then I feel like it really brings to the forefront, like, oh, wow, I'm putting so much time and energy into these other things. And I really believe that you can make the change if you want to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you just got to believe in yourself and start to do it. Absolutely. And I think it seems scary though, but yeah, it, it is. Yeah. And I think like when you really step into it, like even for myself stepping into this podcast, every time I finish doing an interview, I am so happy. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. And so just finding your little niche and the thing that you love to do that gives you energy rather than like drains you of energy is an exciting thing. A hundred percent. All right. So let's get into the crystals. My first and most basic question is what makes a crystal different than a rock you find outside of your house or like a rock you would find in the woods? Like what is it about crystals that make them a crystal? So I want to start by saying if we're talking about the energy of crystals, I think that all rocks would hold an energy. Similarly, all plants hold an energy. Everything holds an energy. We're going to talk about that more later on, I think. But a crystal technically is defined by its crystalline structure. So there's different classifications. Like there's a rock, which is a combination of minerals that doesn't have like a specific mineral composition. There's A gem, well, let's start with minerals first, sorry. There's a mineral which has a specific composition of chemicals and it's determined by the luster of it, the hardness of it, the formation that the crystal has. So there's crystals that have the same chemical composition, minerals, but they're different minerals, if that makes any sense. Then there's gems, which are like a specific quality of said minerals. Some minerals are always pretty gemmy like sapphires or like rubies you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. but there's others where there's not always like a gem quality so you might have a mineral that's not a gem but uh it can be the same mineral if that makes any sense yes rock science yes crystals (laughs) have just crystal formations but people tend to refer to most minerals that they have as crystals, even polished ones, right? You might see like polished towers or rose quartz towers, you know, clear quartz towers. Not all of those are the natural formation it's growing in. Technically, it does have a crystal structure, but it's still a crystal, if that makes any sense. People still refer to them all really as crystals, even though technically they're minerals or rocks or gems. Fascinating. So technically, the energy to me is the same regardless of where you're finding it, but it might just have a different technical name. Right. Yes. Okay. Got it. I love the science behind that. I feel like there's some grade that you learn about like rock 
mineral, like all these structures. And this is where this really comes into play. Like it's all like a little bit different, but a little bit the same too. It's it's super interesting. I definitely enjoy that aspect of it. I think at first I started diving into the metaphysical properties, which is extremely interesting. However, then you learn about, start learning about, you know, the man, the nitty gritty of like how many different types of rocks there are. And I, I think like, oh man, we have so much to talk about, but I think later on, we're going to get to it. There's just so many layers of what you can learn about it all. And it's interesting that when you're able to pull in things you did learn in like high school or middle school, you know, you're like, oh, hey, I remember that like rock hardness, you know, or igneous formations. You're like, yes, oh, this yeah. is so cool. Yeah. And I know some of them are, are like volcanic glass too, which is so interesting. Like these sort of structures that come from a volcano, but it turns to glass and it's still considered a, it obviously is a natural substance and it's within that sort of the whole crystal family. I'm sure you know a little bit more about that, but yeah, it's all, it's, it's so cool. So, so yes, it's interesting because you're talking about obsidian right now, which I had mm-hmm. notes to possibly bring about later, but obsidian is yeah, volcanic glass. I think it might be referred to as a mineraloid because it's not technically a crystal, but it's still like considered in the crystal realm too. People refer to it as a crystal, but technically it's not a mineral. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. there's other rocks that only occur in volcanic activity as well. And so that's just fascinating to like, just the way they're formed, like heat, pressure, temperature, you know what I'm saying? The water that's present, what minerals are there? It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's so cool. And you get so much variety from the way all of these different things are formed too, which is just like the beauty of nature. All it can create is so cool. So yes, for like amethyst, you can tell sometimes where it's from based on how it's formed, you know? And so like, there's so many varieties of amethyst. There's amethyst from Brazil, which they have rainbow amethyst. It comes in all these colors. From Argentina, it comes pink, pink amethyst. Um, people are loving black amethyst right now. There's also Veracruz amethyst from Mexico, which is, like, very lavender, light-colored, and has, like, very, like, tenderly formations. Or if you go to, like, Namibia or the like the Brandberg amethyst it's like a dark purpley and even has smoky quartz in there Ooh, stunning wow. it's just amazing the variety you can get in the same crystal yeah absolutely so cool so you touched on it a little bit but let's get into it a little bit more these metaphysical properties that people talk about for crystals and what they represent and what they can help us with in our life if we work with them so how do crystals come to get these meanings and representations and I think that's probably connected a little bit with their metaphysical properties and how those come to be so we can mash those two answers together if we want but so how do how do people sort of start to understand what these different crystals related to in our in our lives and how to use them yes okay so I mean there's a lot of history of people working with crystals for like thousands and thousands and thousands of years there's actually crystals in the bible in the old testament which is interesting there's Records of it being used in ancient Egypt, China, Japan, India, Greece, Rome. I think that how they didn't like record, this is how we determine the energy of the crystal. But I'm imagining they had these like healers or people that were determined to be like, maybe like shamans in their culture. They most likely meditated with the crystal and felt the energy like of the crystal to see how they were going to use it. 
a lot of the times, a lot of the records are showing crystals being used for like strength and protection. So it seems like that's like a large focus. That's what they were looking for. But other ones are using like lapis lazuli for intuition or like to do like work in other realms. You know what I'm saying? That would be in ancient Egypt. So it really just depends on the culture. A lot of it, I think, has to do with color. So we'll find that there are like major themes that are help you be able to like kind of like learn or determine what the metaphysical properties are. And one large determiner is color. And those actually normally relate to the chakras. So the color would be relating to that. Not always like rose quartz relates to the heart, but it's pink. So that right. doesn't necessarily align. But also like the formation the crystal takes. Fluorite has a very like organized you know, square formation, octahedral formation. And that is a great stone for like focus, learning, you know, structure. A stone that doesn't have that, like, a, okay, black obsidian, you mentioned that, that doesn't have a formation. It's a glass. So it doesn't have a, like a, a salt. It's actually like known for not having a structure. So that stone is more used for like spiritual workings. People use it to scry or to like stare into and see what they see you know mm -hmm. um so it just really I think it really depends yeah it's it's cool to see and I imagine as this is a little punny because I'm talking to you and your business name is intuitive elements but I imagine that there is a very intuitive element to grabbing the meaning from these stones as you said like thousands of years back this is not like a new trend that people are just finding out about crystals like the you know it's been used throughout history and even like in the bible which is so interesting i didn't know that as you know representations and for protection and for all of these different things so very cool so obviously this is a great segue into like how crystals work mechanically like let's take like black tourmaline or even obsidian um a lot of people like it for like grounding and protection for example how do the stones actually do that is it an energy frequency or something else and if so like how did it receive that ability originally, I guess, is the question. Okay, so first of all, I'll start by saying that the placebo effect is very strong. It's known to be scientifically proven. So I think that regardless of if people believe that crystals hold energies or not, I think that you're able to put your intention into something and have it be a reminder for you and like an affirmation, and that will serve its purpose regardless. So I have that for the people who don't believe in that. But when crystals are formed, we were talking about how there's so much heat and pressure and all of this buildup and energy. And when we talk about what we learned when we were uh, kids in school, okay, all, everything is vibrating. So when it's in a gas state, right, there's more room for it to move around. Liquid state, there's a little less. And then solid form, it appears to us that it's not moving, but like literally the chair I'm sitting in is vibrating, right? The atoms are. Yep. So also we learned the law of conservation of energy, which is that energy can't be created or destroyed. So this energy goes into this crystal, right? And this crystal has its own vibration based on the formation of the structure of the atoms and the molecules and the minerals present, right? So it has its own energy. And we are fluid beings. We have a lot of water. We eat things. Our energy is changing. We're in different environments. So this crystal is like a place for the energy to go that it's a solid conduit, if that makes any sense. It's not changing. It has a solid and stable energy frequency. And crystals have been used to literally like quartz 
if you rub two quartz crystals together, they can create electricity. They're used in watches. So they are known to be able to have energy and we don't really fully understand how to like utilize that in a lot of cases, but everything is energy basically. And so these crystals have their own energetic frequency and they're able to be, in my opinion, conduits for that energy when we want to work with it. So like when you're saying black tourmaline, you're able to take the black tourmaline and like, I believe in setting intentions, which I think we'll get to in a moment, but when you take that black tourmaline and you're working with it, you're intending to be protected. You're intending to be grounded. And so by putting that energy, black tourmaline is amplifying it for you, you know? And so I think that when we're working with the crystals, they're serving to amplify the energy for us. I personally don't believe that the ocean jasper sphere that's sitting on my desk right now is going to like bring me soothing energy and help me go with the flow of life. If I don't take the steps to like implement that change, if I'm just like work magic crystal, I don't think that's going to work, but I think that we're able to like utilize it and focus it to really bring about whatever we want in our life. And it's a way to help us focus our energy with, oh my gosh, everything going on in the world. It's like, by me, look at me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, focus in the present. What, like, what energy can I focus on today? <sighs> what a great practice, you know? Yes. Yeah. I love what you said, even at just at the beginning. They're a way to help you focus on what you want to focus on. Even if you're walking through a crystal shop or scrolling intuitive elements page and something's just calling to you, you know, you buy it, you get it, and you realize what it's for. And it's like, okay, this is what I'm going to focus on. And I think you're right just setting a chunk of amethyst or whatever, it's not just going to automatically be like boom in your life. I think it really takes working with that stone, setting those intentions. I think intention setting like overall for most spiritual work is one of the biggest things, like one of the foundations of this type of work. So totally love what you said about that. You know, and I love the scientific perspective that you're bringing to this because I think a lot of people when they hear about people working with crystals or buying crystals or doing this stuff is like, they can be very skeptical. So what are some tips you would give to a first time crystal buyer or somebody who might be a little bit skeptical or, but wants to work with crystals and really get them working for them? So I mentioned, I mentioned the placebo effect earlier. So I think if you want it to work for you, it's going to work for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. If you want something to happen and you're taking the steps in your life, and even if you need a little motivator, I think that this can be the motivator personally. But I think that we talked about intention being everything. And I think that's the main tip for getting the crystal to work for you is setting your intention. And so when you set your intention, that really helps you focus on what you're working with for, with, for the crystal. If you just have the crystal and you meditate with the crystal, that's beautiful. You can feel the crystal's energy. But if you want to, right, we're talking about how they are known for amplifying or specific things in your life. So like rose quartz is known for love. So like, let's say you're like, and even self-love, you're wanting to work on loving yourself. So you have a piece of rose quartz, you can set the intention, like I am a beautiful, strong woman and I love myself, you know, or whatever you want that to be. That was, that was me talking to myself, by the way, but um, <laughs> You can also like with pyrite, pyrite's known for abundance. So you could set intentions to have an abundant life. Those are just a few examples. But if we want to get into the nitty gritty, we can talk about how to set intentions with crystals. 
Yes, let's do that. Let's say you get a crystal in the mail you, you've purchased. What are the basic steps to getting to work with that crystal and setting those intentions? Okay, okay. So um, a lot of people advise that you cleanse your crystals. And I don't necessarily mean you take it and you put it under the sink. Um, I mean, I guess if it's dirty, you can do that if you want. People tell you not to wash crystals underwater, but I'm going to tell you that's a lie. Just be careful if it has a nice formation. Like, don't, like, spray it hard with water. But even quartz crystals, that's literally how they clean them out of the mine is they power wash them. So don't be afraid to cleanse your crystals in water. People say selenite will dissolve. That's that's also a lie. It's not salt. Like, okay, anyways, just a few. That's good to know because I have a selenite wand and I'm I have not water cleansed it at all because I'm like, is it gonna dissolve in my hands? Like (laughs) (laughs) like people do say that, and that's why I'm like, what? How is this a thing? It's a literally take the selenite and wash it. So you can wash it. I mean, after years it might become more brittle because it is a very brittle stone. So you might find like little flakes coming off, you know, but oh my gosh, people are dramatic. Anyway, <laughs> so when we talk about cleansing, you can smoke cleanse, you can use incense smoke, you can use smoke of herbs of your choosing. Rosemary is a great one. Um, that's a cleansing and a protective one. So it would really bring about like clear the negative energies from the stone, but like close off to other other energies that we don't want. If you would like to cleanse, people cleanse in moonlight, people cleanse in sunlight. They also say, oh my gosh, don't put your crystals in the sun. They literally sit in the sun until they're taken from the mine. So you're fine. Kunzite is actually very light sensitive. There are a few that are actually light sensitive, but for the most part, you can put your crystals in the sunlight. You're fine, you know, to charge them or cleanse them, as people say. Another way would be with water. Selenite is a great one. You could just place your crystals on a selenite bowl, selenite plate, and it would remove them of any unwanted energies. You also, if you feel like you like your crystal, you don't have to charge it. I'm a believer if you don't have to do things, if they don't feel right to you, you should do intuitively what feels good. Also, I have so many rocks. So um, the probability of me cleansing all of my rocks is is low. We do put incense in here, which is great. But I have a friend who asked if I take all my crystals outside for the moonlight. I was like, um, no, but I open the window. (laughs) I think that's good. Also, like they have a great crystal structure. They're literally known for holding their specific energy. You're going to be more impacted by their energy than they're impacted by your energy, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I was going to ask, can you accidentally imbue a stone with your crappy energy that you're trying to get rid of like is that possible so I would say that people say that that's possible and if you felt that that happened there's things you can do of any of the cleansing methods I just said you can also like bury it in the ground just make sure you know where you put it oh my gosh I found a quartz crystal in my backyard a cluster that was that's amazing I thought I've heard of people finding crystals in their backyard. So just like, remember where you put it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. If you do that, even in a potted plant, if it's small, you could do that. Even I think just setting it on dirt, dirt also has very like cleansing energies because it's like connected to the ground. Yeah. Bring it back to mother earth. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's really, like I said, it's up to you if you feel like that has happened. Um, Multivite is one that people have said like, oh, it can really take on the negative energies. So that one. Okay. You set it on the selenite overnight or whatever. Oh, salt is another one. Just be careful to note if there's going to, like, you wouldn't want to put specimen piece on the salt. I would just put polished pieces on the salt. But with jewelry, I feel like that's a pretty good way to sometimes cleanse a nice little salt bowl. 
So, okay, so first step, cleanse if cleanse. you want to, okay? Um, then you're going to sit with your item, we're, we'll say crystal, sit with your crystal, and you want to set an intention. And I like to phrase these in terms of positive affirmations. So you might want to do some journaling beforehand. How do I want this crystal to serve with me? You know, like, what do I feel when I hold this crystal or look at this crystal? Really try to bond with it and then create this affirmation. You might meditate with it. So an example might be, okay, if you're working with fire quartz, fire quartz is known for confidence, um, really boosting your decision-making. So I am confident and make decisions with ease. If you want to get more detailed, you can, but I think it's good to be not too specific if you're trying, just because when you're manifesting, I found you don't always, you think you know what you want, but you might not know. Let's go more. So I think it's true. better to focus on like, I want to bring these energies into my life. Like, who do I want to be rather than like, what exactly am I trying to create? You know? Mm, yeah. Um. So you're going to set your intention. Amethyst, like amethyst is known for bringing very calm, soothing vibes. At the same time, it's known for cleansing and protecting and removing the energies that you don't want to really create that, you know, safe space. So you could have a really a variety of intentions with amethyst, you know, like I am calm and at peace, or, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this in a positive way. I embrace the energies that help me achieve my highest vibration, right? Ooh, I that's love that one. Removing like, without saying I remove negative things because we're trying to positively phrase it. Anyways, that's just a few examples. Rose Quartz, we talked about self-love, like I love who I am. You can be like, really? Sometimes it's that basic, y'all. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like some long, complicated phrase. It can be super easy. I love that. Right. So after you set your intention, um, you know, we always want to practice gratitude. So really like thanking the crystal for working with you and take thanking yourself for taking the time to like do the work. You can also thank your spirit guides, your ancestors, angels, like whoever you're working with. You know what I mean? Because they're really, I mean, it's like, it's beautiful and you're taking the time. And then you want to continue to kind of like build a relationship with your crystal. I think it's important to place it in a place you can see it. Or like if it's a bracelet, you wear it, you know, if you have an altar, that's a great place to put any crystals that you're really working with, like with your intentions, you know, and try to interact with it regularly. So try to like meditate with it, maybe just stare at its beauty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of people like to place it um, near them when they're sleeping. So if it's like something big, maybe under the bed, some people put them in like little pillow thingy-majiggers or just on the nightstand. Also, people carry crystals with them. So if you want to, if you're like really trying to connect with it, you can put it in your purse if it's smaller, you know. There's tons of options for that. And if you do the cleansing and the charging thing with the moon, that's a great ritual for you to practice to just kind of like work with the stone. So if you do that, then you take it and you put it in the moonlight. That can be like a thing for you where you're really making time for yourself and for your crystals. So that's another way to interact with it and build a bond and just practicing that gratitude. And every time you look at that stone, it can be a reminder of your affirmation. Like Amazonite for me, I'm like, I am, I'm like focused and organized right now. My thoughts are clear. I'm communicating clearly. I'm like, yes. Okay. I am. Yeah. So cool. And I think that really goes back to sort of the placebo thing. There is real scientific 
studies on affirmations and how they can really change your state of mind. And this is what this is about, like helping change your state of mind so you can move forward, like so you can get to your goals, so you can love yourself, like whatever those affirmations are for. So I think having it in a place where you can really see and remind yourself of those things is a great thing too. And okay, if I think that the crystal's going to do the work and I'm sitting here like, smoky quartz you're not protecting me (laughs) oh my gosh like it's not gonna work yeah the mind is so powerful and that's people fail to realize how powerful their mind actually is so we talked about sort of like working with the crystal really getting it to work but there is and um and maybe it's moldavite i can't remember the name of the crystal but what is the crystal that everybody says like when you buy it your whole life like changes and dissolves and disrupts and like what is that moldavite Yes, yes, yes. I I have that in my notes somewhere. Yes, Moldavite is the one. That's a tektite. Um, So tektites are super cool because they were created when a meteor hit the earth. And then when the meteor hits the earth, the earth liquefies basically. And then chunks of that liquefied earth like fly off. And that's like the tektite. So it's very like alien extraterrestrial. Like Moldavite is green and it does look super... I love selling Moldavite. I bought Moldavite and then that's shortly after when I stopped teaching. So that's interesting. <laughs> but like I said, it's all about your intention. Like I'm yeah. looking for change personally. Right. So it's like, it almost seems like when people talk about Moldavite that you don't need to do anything for that to start happening. What do you think about that? They do say that. They'll say, I broke my leg after I got Moldavite. Right. Or like, <laughs> it's kind of almost like, it, this stone did this to my life, you know, like that. It's, I feel like, well, yeah, I guess I'm, that. what's your opinion? Mindset. Okay. If you're thinking, okay, I'm going to get this stone and it's going to bring me change. Okay. And you're not doing the work with the stone. Change happens in your life. You blame it on the stone. Okay. Maybe because you weren't working with it, it did that. I feel like it's more like, okay, anything that happened, you were going to say the stone did because you bought it looking for that. If you buy it and you're like, okay, I'm going to work with this stone and try to like manifest a better life, which is most people who buy it, then you normally get good things. I feel like TikTok just made it a trend. Yeah. (laughs) And so everybody freaked out. I actually made a meme (laughs) about this specifically the other day. And it was like, I'm so scared of Moldavite, basically. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not that bad. There's other tech types that have like a softer energy um, because people actually do say that Moldavite has a pretty like harsh energy, which I don't know. I don't think it has. I love, okay. I I have like, I like the nitty gritty. So maybe that's why I'm like, oh, I love it. But yeah, know. yeah. But there is Libyan Desert Glass, which I do agree has like a softer energy. And that one is like yellow in coloring. So Moldavite, I believe, I'm going to be scared to say this now, but I believe it's 15 million years old and Libyan desert glass is 29 million years old and it's like yellow and that's found, uh, Moldavite's only in the Czech Republic and Libyan desert glass is only on the border of Libya and Egypt and I was going to wow. say when tektites are one of my favorites. So yes. very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I don't know. That just popped into my head. So I wanted to talk about it. So interesting. And I, and I also think like, yeah, if you do buy the stone and you're like, okay, I'm looking for change. Change comes in a lot of different ways. And sometimes it can feel shitty at the time, but it really leads to what you need, what your happiness and what you needed to get done. So it's like, it might feel shitty at the time. Moldavite might've helped you get there. You know, like it's all like, okay. It might speed up the process. It's known for like ascension and fast. Uh, So, and I mean, I do I do feel like it does have that energy where it's like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
And it really kind of, it brings to light, in my opinion, it kind of, it helped, like, it helped me focus on where am I actually putting my energy? And that whole, like, mindset shift I had, it was like, really, really, you want to be doing that? It's like, Mm. no, 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 you're not going to do that, you know? I feel like that's the energy that Moldify brings. It is known for, like, spiritual growth specifically. So if you're talking about, you know, self-worth, self-value, like these other things that are so much more than our daily jobs where we go in and we do our work and then we leave and then you're like, really? All that for that? And, you know, it just kind of really, to me, causes reflection. If you're buying Moldavite, you're already thinking like, I want spiritual growth. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're sort of looking for the change already almost. Yeah. That's like, and maybe even subconsciously you're putting the intention in, bring me change. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. we also have subconscious intentions that we may not be fully aware of that when you're talking about the energy we're putting into the crystal, like possibly, yeah, I think if you're not having a fully like honest intention, I do think that could impact your work and your life for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Good tidbit. Be honest with your intentions for your crystals. That's so, I mean, being honest with yourself though can be hard sometimes. So. Oh my gosh. Yes, I agree. I agree. So we, so I, my next question was, what are some of your personal favorites? So, so does Moldavite fall within that? So it's like, that's the hardest question. What are some of your favorites? I've always said, maybe I could give you a top 10, Um, (laughs) but okay. So in the courts in, I mean, okay. uh, In the crystal world courts, think of the crystals in like animal kingdoms. Okay. So like courts is like a family. It's like, a bigger piece within quartz is so much. So I could say quartz is my favorite and that would include so many pieces. For example, amethyst is a type of quartz, smoky okay. quartz, obviously citrine is a type of quartz. Um, technically all jaspers are in the quartz family, ocean jasper, bumblebee jasper, all the jaspers, agates also are in there, uh, fire quartz, Quartz with inclusion, so you can have rutilated quartz, termilated quartz. So like, okay, so much would be included in quartz if I just said quartz. So that's, I think, like the general answer what I would give. But like, I love amethyst. I love citrine, smoky quartz, uh, garden quartz, any included quartz. Oh, I just die. But besides the quartz family, uh, I love obsidian. A lot of people find obsidian to have like, maybe I should go back. No, Yes. Okay. We'll talk about the in-depth crystals for that. Okay. okay. Uh, sorry. Obsidian. <laughs> no I worries. Love obsidian. Some people say obsidian has a very uh, like harsh energy because, okay, it's pure black, right? And it reveals any imperfections on the surface. So like, for example, if I have obsidian ovalist, one of them has a little scratch on it. You can clearly see the scratch because you can see any imperfections on obsidian and that's kind of how it uh, works with you. It brings those insecurities to the surface and kind of makes you face them. It's known to be used in shadow work a lot, which is really just reflecting on your triggers, yourself. So for example, I've always thought I love obsidian by my bed. Okay. My husband has trouble sleeping. And I thought I'm putting obsidian by his bed. Why is he not? I mean, I put other things too, but I'm like, why is he not sleeping well? And then I was chatting with one of my crystal friends and they're like, oh no, I would never put obsidian next to my bed. Like I can't have obsidian next to my bed. I use these other black tourmaline for protection. And I was like, I really like obsidian, but okay. 
And so I removed said obsidian. And then he said he's been sleeping better. I didn't tell him I removed the obsidian, by the way. And I was just like, okay, what's going to happen? I replaced it with, he already had amethyst and pre-night. And so I think I put ocean jasper over there. And he supposedly is reporting better sleep. So interesting. Just for some people, I guess it's like a little too strong of an energy. I would say it probably does well with fixed energy. So Scorpios, Aquarius, and Leos would probably do better with it. Cardinal signs, I don't think do well with it. Fluorite, love fluorite. Um, The formations of it are just beautiful. And it's great for organization, focus, learning. I need help in all these areas. Um, I have a lot of mutable energy in my birth chart. And I just have trouble focusing sometimes. But that's okay. Fluorite has helped me. And I love the colors in it and it's translucent and beautiful. Just love fluorite. Pyrite is another one I love working with. Again, the formations just get me. I'm a sucker for formations. It's because it can be octahedral. It can be cubic. Oh, it's just so good. I love the metallic color. I feel like it really just, I don't know, just very inviting. Uh, Amazonite is a really good one I use for like, again, focus, organization. Um, mental clarity, you know, organizing your thoughts, communicating. Apophyllite, ooh, that's a good one for um, cleansing. It's used in Reiki a lot. So it's like very purifying, very like harmonizing and balancing to the energy system. And I also enjoy opal, which is technically technically a mineraloid, but I just really enjoyed it. Super fast, flashy. Ooh, Labradorite is another very good one. See, how, how do I choose a favorite? I know, I know it's very hard. There's so many good ones. Yeah. Yes. I like translucent things. If we're talking about looks with inclusions, which is like stuff inside that you can see. Okay. And I like nice formations. So that's like things I focus on in my collection. My husband really likes to collect um, things that are druzy, which means sparkly, basically. Um, mm-hmm. It's like when there's a bunch of little crystals that create this like glittery effect. Oh, yeah, I love that. I don't have anything like that, but that's like next on my list. I would love to have something like that. It's a little bit bigger, a little bit like something that could sit somewhere and be beautiful and also useful and stuff like that. So I get that. Oh, yeah, he's all about that. So, yeah, that's fun. So those are, I yeah, but I would say generally quartz is probably my favorite number one. Favorite family. Oh my gosh, I just, yeah. I just committed. Wow, that's, that's pretty big. That's a big deal. Everybody, you heard it here first. She committed. <laughs> <laughs> so all those crystals sound awesome. Are there any crystals that you find that you don't really get along with or you don't love working with? I'm a lover, not a hater, but I would say that there are, I don't really enjoy working with man grown or altered materials. That does bring up the question though. Okay. When we polish something, we are altering it. We are enhancing it to reveal the natural beauty that wouldn't be there in the raw form fully. So I like polished materials, but there's some things that they do to alter materials, such as like they'll coat things with like titanium or copper and then they heat it up really hot and then it creates this like really cool rainbow titan like rainbowy effects on there and I liked that when I was first got into crystals like I liked that but then when I learned that it was not real it was really depressing for me so I really prefer if it's natural um a lot of people fake citrine um that's like I feel like the number one faked one by like 
heating up smoky quartz or amethyst to hot temperatures because citrine is just amethyst or smoky quartz or quartz that got to a hot, uh, like a higher, really hotter degree temperature. And so it gets that like yellowy color, but it's so faked that it's like really upsetting to me. I'm like, I do not enjoy that. Yeah. And I also don't really like lab grown um, minerals. So like they can grow quartz clusters. They can grow amethyst clusters. Not my favorite personally. Like it's just not as fun to work with them. I'm not as excited about it, but there's not like necessarily like bismuth is a lab grown mineral it's so cool so look that up bismuth but other than that there's not I think mostly I prefer just like natural materials I get a little disappointed if I like catch because I go I go through and I look at my pieces and I'll catch sometimes like oh that's filled with resin like I don't like that like I don't like that they had to fill it in with that that makes me I'm not excited about this anymore. I'm going to have to now extremely discount this piece because I don't like that at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or when they sort of like inject a stone to give it like a a stronger color or something like that. I feel Mm -hmm. like it, yeah, yeah, like ones that, yeah, they're dyed or something. Like, I feel like it's like, oh, I just want to work with the real from the earth stone or crystal. So yeah, I get that. They also use like, yeah, resin often to like blue appetite. Unless you're getting small pieces of blue appetite, it's most likely held together with resin. I forget there's a term for it, but so yeah, that just to me, I'm like, I could do without that. So, but other than that, there's not really a stone where I've been like, ooh, I don't vibe with that stone. Gotcha. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I definitely have favorites, but none that I'm like, I wouldn't buy that, you know? Yeah. Yep. So something that you do on your website is you do, you sell mystery boxes. I love a good mystery box of pretty much any type. I just, I love a surprise. So tell me a little bit about how your mystery boxes work. What can people expect from an intuitive elements mystery box? And do you, when you put them together, do you sort of use your intuition? Like, what does this person need? Like how, so how does that work for you? Okay. So mystery boxes are my favorites. And I actually often have people who, uh, I do live sales and story sales as well. And I often have people that do those and then they add an additional mystery on because they just, they love, like you're saying, the surprise. It is so much fun and I love choosing them. I definitely intuitively choose the items. Um, basically how it works is someone pays for a set amount. So like, let's say they paid for a hundred dollars, they would get an additional 10% value. So they get $111 value instead of the hundred dollars that they're paying for. And totally. I love when people give me notes like, Oh, I love Druzy. Like we were just talking about the sparkly or, you know, I really prefer polished pieces or I want all specimens, you know, it's so fun. Or I also enjoy when they leave notes about like what energies they're looking for, or even like a color scheme, Ooh, like a galaxy color scheme. Ooh, that was a fun Ooh, one. Cool. Um, anyways, then yeah, I kind of just like feel the vibe and okay, this sounds weird, but I have a thing I do when I'm reading cards and when I'm picking things, like I kind of just like I'm running my hand out and I get like a little tingle in my finger and it's like, oh, that's it. Unless obviously they're like, okay, I want this, this, like I prefer amethyst pieces or whatever we do it. But when intuitively it's just very fun. It's like often too, I'll have like a piece and I pick it up and it's like, it like screams the person's name at me, you know, when I'm doing a live sale, I'm like, oh, well you need this one. You gotta have it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you need a mystery box right now. <laughs> but 
Yeah, so I really enjoy picking out the boxes. And a lot of the time people get mystery boxes because they're having a hard time deciding what to get, or they're just really not sure what types of, what crystals go for what energies. And honestly, there's a lot that go for a lot of different ones and you can use them in different ways. So I do feel like it's overwhelming for people when they first dive into learning about crystals. They're like, oh my gosh, there's so much to learn. How am I going to figure all this out? You know what I mean? Yes. It's okay. I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, take your time. Maybe work with a stone or two at a time. You might like hear about other ones. That's cool. Make a list. If you want to get more, get more, but don't feel pressured to learn everything at a certain rate, like all at once, because you're not going to. And (laughs) so, yeah, yeah, I'm still learning things and I am, I mean, I've been doing this for, okay. So I started my business in, I'm like, what month was that? I think March 13th of 2022. So I've been open for, I don't know how many months that is. Eight months. Okay. There we go. Eight months. There you go. Yeah. So it's been so fun. It's been a wild ride. Yeah. But I personally was like, Ooh, metaphysical. Yes. And I like dove into that, but then it's like, Oh, there's all this other stuff you can learn about the formations and how they grow and the mineral composition and the places they can grow and like it's like I'm from California and there's one place in North America where they have lapis lazuli and it's literally like up the road for me and I'm like how am I going to get to that spot in the mountain because I am going to find myself some lapis lazuli oh that's so cool yeah right like 15 minutes down the road you have to make sure that you know the property is open to the public it cannot be private property that's trespassing just saying that I'm not telling you to go steal (laughs) rocks from like that's very very cool. cool What are some myths about crystals that you would like to dispel? Well, we talked already about cleansing crystals in water. That's a big one for me that bothers me because people literally are like, don't put it in water. And you're like, okay, I mean, you're going to be fine. It's not, oh my gosh, it's just not going to dissolve. It's not salt dissolve. Yeah. Yeah. So that one really bothers me. I think when people kind of like judge people for not charging their crystals, that bothers me because you don't have to charge your crystals if you don't want to charge your crystals. Like you're working with your crystals. Nobody else needs to be involved in that and tell you what to do with it or shame you for what you're doing or not doing with your crystals. Um, I think it's super fun to work with crystal grids. So that's another thing I haven't mentioned, just random side note. The idea that crystals are magic, we talked about this. I think that they, that you are the magic and you're using them as a tool to enhance whatever you want or focus your energy, right? So think of it as a conduit and a tool rather than the source of the power, you know, because it's not, you are, you know. Yeah. I love that. I love that frame of mind in in working with crystals. Yeah. So cool. Mm -hmm. Really? Other than that, I also think it annoys me when people are like, you need rose quartz and amethyst and clear quartz and you need flora and you need pine and you need three-dimensioning and you need this one, and you need this one. No, you don't need anything. You need what you're called to. I'm not saying every crystal you need, you're called to, you need to buy, but I feel like if you're like, ooh, okay, I really am drawn to that one. Like, look into it and find out what its properties are. You might find like, dang, I really was like, I need that in my life, and then you might be like, yes, I need that. Then get it. Good, but don't be like, okay, well, I better have some, I need to have, no, it's not needing to have anything. You get what you have and that's great. And whatever works for you, you know, I don't, because yeah. some people are like, 
oh, you you need the basics, basically, you know? I don't believe in the basics. I feel like if you want to work with an advanced crystal, just work with it. Okay, it's gonna be fine. You know? I like I like that. I like that. No, no crystal gatekeeping. No, we don't like gatekeeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what are some crystals that anybody can use to sort of help open the door to their natural psychic abilities and working with their third eye? So I actually kind of uh, broke these into a few groups. So first of all, I would say that if you're going to be doing any sort of psychic work, you need to have protection and grounding there for sure. So I would say a few that I would recommend for that would be smoky quartz. Smoky quartz also enhances the intuition while providing that grounding stabilizing energy that is protective and obsidian we talked about obsidian obsidian is specifically known for being used in spiritual work so it is a spiritual protection stone while that said it does bring about the imperfections in your spiritual work and kind of make you face yourself but i think that that's kind of necessary if you're if you're trying to go beyond yourself you've got to work on yourself it's just the way the things work in the universe. <laughs> so those would be great for protection. Black Moonstone is another one that's great for connecting you with your intuition. And it's really used a lot for kind of working with spirits, spirit guides, things like that. That's a good one. Amethyst, like I mentioned, is protective before. It's protective. It removes unwanted energies. At the same time, it it allows you to kind of like clear your own energy so you're open to uh, really connect with your intuition and those, whatever you're trying to connect with. I was going to say those spirits. Not everybody's trying to connect with spirits, but connect with source, connect with yourself, connect yeah. with the cards, connect with however you're communicating, connecting to your intuition. Amethyst will help you with that. Blue colored stones also help with that because communication um, that's with the throat, right? So that would be blue kyanite would be a good one, azurite, and lapis lazuli. Lapis lazuli is known a lot for being used in dream work. Lapis lazuli is interesting because it's a combination of three, at least three minerals. It includes calcite, pyrite, which gives it that like, those are the reflective little flecks in the lapis lazuli. And then yeah. the blue is lazuli. And very interesting. You know, just the combination, the pyrite's very grounding, the calcite's like up here at the crown, and then the lapis is like third eye, throat, kind of like, ooh. So I think that's kind of why it's a good one, because it also has that grounding element. Um, clear quartz is really known for clarity. So if you're looking for clarity in your workings, um, clear quartz would be a good one to go to. Um, and it amplifies the energies of any other crystals you're working with, kind of amplifies your intuition. It's just very like, amplifying, cleansing, really just helping you see things clearly. And then rutilated quartz or rutile, which is seen in different colors like black, red, or gold. But that's known for helping you connect to your intuition. And a lot of people use that for past life work. So kind of like working through past life intuitive things. Thought I'd mention that one. Also moldavite and wavelight, some green stones. We talked about moldavite. Um, moldavite would help you, even though it is green relating to the heart, it actually really is mainly a third eye stone, but I think it brings the heart acceptance that allows you to really connect to your third eye. That's kind of like my opinion of how that that's working for you. But 
Moldavi is a great one to like meditate with. And if you're into like any sort of like meditations where you're trying to like go into an astral realm, or if you're just in general trying to like see what comes to you intuitively, Moldavite would be the one, the way to go for that. And Wavalite is a less common one that people mention, but it really helps you um, come to an acceptance of self that lets you connect to your intuition, like I mentioned with the Moldavite. It really just brings this balance and harmony that allow you to connect to your intuition. So that was a, that was a few, but yeah. I love it. So many good options, like little detail stuff that people are really looking to work with certain little things. So awesome list. Thank you, Jordan, so much for being here. Where can our listeners find you if they want to follow you on Insta? Maybe if they want to get a mystery box, where can they find you? Yeah, so my website for the mystery boxes would be intuitiveelements.shop. And my Instagram handle is intuitive.elements, same on TikTok. And intuitive is, you know, it's spelled intuitive, I-N-T-U-T-I-V-E, intuitive, I-N-T-U-I-V-E. T-I-V-E. That's a hard one sometimes. It is a hard one sometimes. <laughs> so I just thought I'd spell it. I-N-T-U-I-T-I-V-E. Intuitive and then elements. There's a dot in the middle for Instagram. And I, I chose that name because I was like, man, I really want to connect with my intuition. And I feel like the elements are a, just connected with nature in general is such a way to good, good way to do that. And understanding the elements really led me to kind of understand tarot and astrology in a different way that was just like, Wow. And so I'm like, let's bring the elements into our houses. So that's, totally. That's, yeah. That's I love, I love the connectedness of, of all of the, like all the elements and earth and us and how we're all really part of it in the end. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Definitely. Well, Jordan, thank you so, so much for being here and teaching us all about crystals and the, uh, you know, the intuitive part of it and the mainstream scientific part of it as well. We super appreciate you being here. Definitely. It was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you love the podcast and listen on Apple, please be sure to rate and leave a review. If you want more from Opening the Door, follow along on Instagram at Opening the Door Podcast. Have a question about psychic work or psychic development? Email Opening the Door Podcast at gmail.com and you might have your question included in one of our future Q and A episodes.